0: Hello, my name is Shane Snedeker and I am here to host Hi, I'm Earth. Have we met on this podcast? I deliver some sanity in a world that is becoming more and more insane. Do you ever feel like things you're seeing and the world you're experiencing bear no resemblance to the world you once knew? Well, you're not alone. Join me on this podcast for a dose of stabilizing common sense and rationality. I will do my best to counterbalance the craziness in our lives by analyzing social and political issues, conducting respectful and open free speech dialogues, and trying to extend some lighthearted fun your way. I hope you'll be encouraged and return for more episodes. Hello, and welcome to another episode of Hi, I'm Earth. Have we met? It's been a few weeks. Since I've released an episode, I wanted to take a little break over the holiday season and I wanted to give my listeners a little bit of a break from having to hear my voice. I hope you all had a wonderful holiday season. My family certainly did. We were able to take a New Year's trip over to my in laws on the Hood Canal and saw some picturesque views and spent quality time with family and it was awesome. I also was able to take a trip with some friends to Portland. I went to Ecola Bible School back in 2004 and developed some lifelong friends. And it had been, I think, 10 years since we had all been together. So I took a trip and we were all able to spend a weekend on the beach in Cannon Beach. We had perfect weather. It was amazing. So it's been good. And Just with regards to the cadence of this podcast, I just want to remind my listeners that, um, it's, it's a semi regular podcast. So if you were friends with me on Facebook, you can kind of remember that there was times where I would make Facebook posts few times a week, and then there was weeks in between my posts, and that's kind of how I roll. So if there's something in my life that inspires or encourages me, I like to pass that along to my friends and family, and so that's kind of how it's going to be for this podcast. So there may be two or three weeks in between releases. I just want to make that clear. So today I want to introduce the topic that I'm going to be discussing by an illustration. So I saw a video about a year into the COVID pandemic. And it's just really stuck with me. The video is just this gentleman standing outside of what appears to be a grocery store with a lint roller. And he's just basically blocking people from from entering the store without being lint rolled. So he's, he's just standing there, and as people approach to enter the store, he, he kind of motions for them to hold up their arms so that he can lint roll their, their jackets and their, their shirts before they enter. It's a really bizarre video. There's no words. But the truly amazing thing about it is that, you know, it's like a three- or four-minute video, and not one person stops and questions him. And Or or even tries to dodge him and go around him. They all, every person that goes to enter that store, they just fall in line and lift their arms and let themselves be rolled with no explanation of why it's happening. And I really think that that video has stuck in my mind because I think it's a picture of what is actually taking place in the world today. It's called Mass Formation Psychosis. Psychosis is defined to be a mental condition characterized by symptoms that indicate impaired contact with reality. So, mass formation psychosis is when a significantly large portion of society focuses its attention on a specific narrative or leader or group of leaders without a realistic basis for doing so. Achieving mass formation psychosis requires a calculated, collaborative, concerted effort by an elite group of leaders. It takes time and typically involves four primary pillars. Pillar number one, isolation. Pillar number two, large amounts of latent anxiety and passive aggression. Pillar number three, a threat of losing something important unless there is submission to the narrative. Pillar number four, a solution. When people are first isolated from each other and then repeatedly inundated with a narrative that relentlessly pushes a plausible object of anxiety upon them and then subsequently presents them with a strategy for coping with it, then a large portion of individuals group together to battle that object of anxiety with a formidable collective single-mindedness that borders on hypnosis. This allows them to transition the entirety of their focus away from their own problems and onto that object of anxiety. A mass formation progresses and gets increasingly bonded and connected and so narrowly focused that they are literally unable to consider alternative viewpoints. Leaders of the movement are revered and unable to do wrong. And individuals controlled by the mass formation are unable to use reason to break free of the group narrative and become thus disconnected from reality. Think about this. We have literally witnessed this unfold before our very eyes the past two years. The first pillar of isolation was the first thing to happen way back in March of 2020, lockdowns. Two weeks to flatten the curve has basically become an indefinite isolation. The object of anxiety is pretty obvious. We're all going to die from COVID. A threat of losing something important, also pretty obvious. The threat of losing loved ones or losing your job or losing your place in society if you don't observe all the guidelines to a T was introduced almost immediately and has been repeatedly reinforced all around the world. And finally, the solution, the vaccine. From day one, the vaccine has been exalted by the public health authorities as the only way out of this pandemic. Well, so much of all of this is detached from reality. And this ties into my very reason for even starting this podcast. I look around at what has happened all around me in the last couple years and what continues to happen every day. And honestly, I am and have been in a pretty steady state of shock. I cannot believe how many people have been drawn into illogical, nonsensical patterns of living. Honestly, I feel like I'm going crazy sometimes. And I know many of you feel the same way. But I thought I'd take just a moment to try to illustrate why so much of the orthodox narrative is rubbish. First, each of the pillars that were systematically constructed by the public health authorities were ultimately unsubstantiated. First of all, the pillar of isolation and the lockdowns. Lockdowns don't work, and tons of science is available that illustrate that lockdowns are more detrimental to society than the disease. I've read many articles and scientific papers that estimate that We have, through the lockdowns, put our society in a much more dark and detrimental place going forward than if we would have just dealt with coronavirus. And mental health is at an all-time low, and the ramifications of the isolation on people's psyche will reverberate for many years to come. Second, the pillar of an object of anxiety or fear Neil Ferguson at the Imperial College in Great Britain released a model of the COVID-19 outbreak back in March of 2020. That original model predicted that there would be 500,000 deaths in Great Britain and 2 million deaths in America in just the first eight months of the outbreak. Once that model hit the press, it's really as if There was an international hypnosis by the global health authorities to design all guidelines based off that model. And that ultimately is much of the reason underlying the wildfire of immense fear and anxiety that broke out and has proliferated for the last two years. Was that justified? Well, just go ahead and look at the numbers for yourself. It isn't hard to see how insanely off that original model was. Third, the pillar of a threat of losing something. You can't be a part of society if you don't wear a mask. Grew into, you can't be a part of a society if you don't get vaccinated. I have siblings and friends who are legitimately facing dishonorable discharge from the military because they don't want to get the vaccine. I have many other friends who lost their jobs as a result of not getting the vaccine, and I know many of you have people in your life who have gone through this. Um, the current administration has literally weaponized the Department of Labor and Industries to enforce totally unconstitutional mask mandates. He even tried to mandate the vaccine, but it was so heinously unconstitutional that it just got struck down in the Supreme Court. I'm sure you've seen the result of that Supreme Court case. It's just crazy. And finally, the solution, the vaccine... Vaccine, 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 from day one, that was always the direction this thing was going to go. You know, it typically takes vaccine manufacturers five to ten years to make a vaccine. There's a lot of things that go into the process. They did this in less than one year. There were major issues with the clinical trials of the vaccine. Six-month safety trials for a vaccine that you're going to try to mandate on every single person is an abomination. While most reactions happen soon after vaccine admission, many don't happen for months and even years later. Not to mention, as you consider the vast complexity of humanity and the fact that every person's anatomy and physiology is so much different and unique, thinking that a one-size-fits-all medical intervention will be effective on everyone is extremely foolish. It's basic common sense that every individual human must assess the medical interventions that they undertake based on their own unique medical past and physiological makeup. And the trials for these vaccines only accepted the healthiest people. Excluded from the trials were children, pregnant women, the vulnerable population. And so there's literally no way that those trials were representative of the whole population. That is wrong. Also, In the beginning, when they were creating the vaccines, there was a distinct suppression of alternative therapies. Early on, like April of 2020, there was a doctor out of France, Didier Raoul, who was crying, Hey, I'm using hydroxychloroquine. It's working. You know, he had a protocol that was working. It was curbing hospitalizations and deaths. And even here, shortly after that, in the United States, there was a doctor, I think in the New York area, named Vladimir Zelenko, who was, he had put together a, a protocol of hydroxychloroquine, zinc, and azithromycin, and was um, experiencing like a 90% reduction in hospitalization if, if you treat it early. And I could go on, there's legitimately like 10 doctors, at least that I know of, who had distinct protocols, alternative therapies, these doctors were decrying the, the travesty of not treating patients early, and letting them digress into severe disease and end up on a ventilator in a hospital where, where the ventilators just ended up killing people. And these doctors were denigrated and suppressed by the media and the public health authorities. And then you realize that the vaccines were given what's called an emergency use authorization. It's basically um, a legal agreement that this medical intervention can be authorized to be given to mass amounts of people based off an emergency. So it's not FDA approved fully, but it's, it's approved to be given based off of an emergency. The thing about an emergency use authorization that's interesting is that for there to be an emergency use authorization, there cannot be any legitimate alternatives. And it really makes you realize why the legitimate alternatives that many doctors were using successfully ended up being suppressed so that those vaccines could be given those emergency use authorizations. Then you can Enter the area of injuries. Injuries from the vaccine. The uh, Vaccine Adverse Event Reporting System, the only American adverse vaccine reaction reporting tracking system, currently has 118,684 hospitalizations corresponding with the COVID vaccines and 22,193 deaths attributed to the COVID vaccine. Now, It's important for me to acknowledge that VAERS is an imperfect reaction tracking system and reports that make it into VAERS do not conclusively prove that they were resulting from the COVID vaccine, but it is the only system we have for tracking vaccine injuries and it isn't trivial or easy to fill out a VAERS report. I've heard many people say that just anyone can hop into the various system and fill out a report, you know, fill out various reports to inflate the numbers and make the situation look way worse than it is, but it doesn't work like that. The system is vetted, and the information required to officially file a varies report weeds out any nefarious individuals who may try to artificially inflate the numbers in order to over-exaggerate the injuries. VAERS has also been proven to be underreported by somewhere between 90 and 99% because so many people when they're injured by a vaccine either don't make the association or just don't know about VAERS and so they don't report it and that that was proven in a scientific study so if we take even just an ultra conservative estimate by saying that the COVID VERS reactions have been underreported by 50%, you could multiply those deaths and hospitalizations by two, and the argument can reasonably be made that over 44,000 people have died corresponding with taking the COVID vaccines, and over 220,000 people have been hospitalized. I just want to know why I'm seeing such shockingly High injury numbers and hearing crickets about them from the Fauci's of the world. To me, it's insane. I don't want to belabor the point on the vaccine because we've all it's it's everywhere around us and we're inundated. But I do just want to say that the in in closing on this particular issue, the thing that worries me the most is that the whole situation has been a violation of the Nuremberg Code and a crumbling of informed consent. There's this principle that came out of World War II when the Nazis subjected the Jews to medical experiments that were went against their best interest. Out of that came this principle of informed consent. No human being should be coerced into any medical intervention that they don't have adequate information about and they don't willingly agree to. And... That is exactly what's happening. If you can honestly look at all of the mandates, all of the threats of losing your job, all everything that's happened with regards to this vaccine and, and say that it hasn't been a violation of informed consent, then you're not being honest with yourself. And, you know, there's been an extreme amount of censorship of any and all vaccine dissenting opinions, even of medical doctors. And so despite all of these holes in the vaccine story that I've just gone over, there has continued to be a singular focus from the health authorities all around the world on pushing vaccines. And then moving past the four pillars, there are just a couple miscellaneous aspects to this psychosis, this mass formation psychosis that I'd love to touch on before I wrap up. All cause mortality is rising. What that means is Deaths from everything, not just coronavirus, but just from everything, is actually rising. There's a insurance company out of Indiana who recently reported that they experienced a 40%, I'm going to repeat that, a 40% increase in all-cause mortality in 2021. Within the report, they said that when there's a once-in-200-year catastrophe, that kills a large amount of people, that typically accounts for a 10% increase in all-cause mortality. There was a 40% increase. That is catastrophic. When you think about the rise in all-cause mortality, it's amazing to me that people can't see that and realize something with how we're currently handling this is going wrong. Next, masks. There is zero science that cloth or surgical masks provide anything more than a negligible effect on respiratory viruses. Cloth masks and surgical masks are just too porous to block COVID. Sure, there is certainly the opportunity for those kinds of masks to block the spittle and large exhaled droplets of the person wearing it. However, We know very well by now that the primary vector of disease transmission is tiny aerosolized particles floating in the air, not spit droplets. COVID-19 particles are anywhere from 0.05 microns in size to 0.15 microns in size. Even N95 masks will not have any observable effect on restricting transmission of the primary aerosol COVID particles. An N95 is designed to stop up to 95% of all air particles that are 0.3 microns or bigger. So put another way, an N95 mask, which so many people have revered as the goal mask to wear to really be protected, is designed to stop particles that are two to six times bigger than COVID. It's literally basic common sense that thinking that a cloth, or a surgical or even an N95 mask is effective and offers protection is much like thinking that you could keep a swarm of mosquitoes out of your yard using a chain-link fence. Masks are impotent to protect. That is a fact. The only mask that is scientifically verified to work at filtering out respiratory virus particles is one of those hazmat masks that's really more like a helmet. The problem with those, other than that they're super expensive and really awkward, is that they only work one way. They offer zero protection to other people. They only protect the person wearing them. So basically, for those to have any effect on curbing COVID, everyone would have to wear them all the time. Do you want to do that? How practical is that? I still see people walking down the street alone wearing a mask, or driving in their car alone wearing a mask. Or petrified to go anywhere around anyone without their mask. This is totally unsubstantiated, unscientific, fear-based, propaganda-fed psychosis. I hate to say it, but we got to call these things out as they are. This is psychosis, you guys. Look around you. Go somewhere in a public space and spend 10 minutes just looking around. It's everywhere. People are hypnotized. They're hypnotized into a baseless new reality that I'm honestly really, really scared that they're never gonna break free from. Senator Ron Johnson from Wisconsin is one of the only people in the political or public authority sphere that has been courageous enough to take a step back and observe this mass formation psychosis and question it. He recently hosted a COVID-19 discussion Senate Judiciary Panel. The hearing consisted of various decorated, widely published, and credentialed doctors who all actually treat COVID patients, experienced COVID nurses, COVID vax injured individuals, and other specialists. He also invited the heads of all major U.S. public health organizations, the CDC, the NIH, Fauci, Rochelle, Rochelle Wilinski, etc none of which have ever treated a COVID patient, by the way, but not one of them decided to show up to the hearing. And Senator Johnson reserved the Senate room for five hours. And at the five-hour mark, they hadn't even scratched the surface of all the crazy things that have happened throughout the last two years that they had wanted to touch on. I've linked the video to that hearing in the show notes. I highly recommend you take the time to watch it. I watched the whole video and was fully engaged the whole time with my jaw dropped most of the time listening to real COVID doctors describing the agony that they've endured with the totally bogus and nefarious public health guidelines that have ultimately led to massive excessive death and mass formation psychosis. It's crazy to hear actual doctors crying and begging people to wake up. So ultimately... I want to end on what this this whole situation of mass formation psychosis and everything that's been going on in the world and seeing people in this state of hypnosis has really made me think of, kind of my bottom line. As I think about all of the people around me and everywhere in the world that have just been sucked into this narrative and totally given over to it, it struck me that the stage has been set For the Antichrist to make his appearance. The Bible basically outlines that there will be a mysterious world leader known as the Antichrist. From from Daniel chapter 7, he will be an oratorical genius. He will mesmerize the world through his ability to make speeches. No doubt when he says something, every camera in the world will be focused on him. He will be an intellectual genius. From Daniel chapter 8, He will possess the ability to offer solutions to many of the world's problems. From Revelation chapter 17, he will be a political genius. He will unify the nations of the world in order to form a global government under his leadership. In addition, he will establish a seven-year peace treaty with the nation of Israel that will enable them to rebuild their temple. Which, by the way, Israel has almost all of the ornaments and supplies to build the temple already from revelation chapter 13 he will be a commercial genius through his political and commercial abilities he will save the world from an economic collapse and from revelation chapter 13 he will be a military genius during his reign he will form a massive army that in the end will fight against the lord jesus christ at the battle of armageddon and it's always perplexed me how it says in the Bible that even some, even some people who appear to be Christians will be persuaded by the Antichrist and will be given over to following him. And growing up in the church, I learned a lot about the Antichrist, and that always bothered me. You know, how could people be persuaded to follow You know, the Antichrist. And now I see it. This last two years has really given me a revelation as to how that could happen. The stage has been set. And so I just want to encourage you to realize that everything that's happening in the world is not unknown to God. He is sovereign and He is in control. And I want to really encourage you to explore your relationship with Jesus because He's the only anchor that can keep you steady in these turbulent times. I love you, friends, and I look forward to spending more time with you on the next episode. Have a good day.